Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. Episode 11 of the Roster Watch Podcast, as we make our way through these double digits, our first step uh, towards the triple digits that we'll be aiming for. Byron, you said we'll be having those by when? Should be next February. And there you go. Byron Lambert here with Alex Dunlap, your boys at Roster Watch. We have the uh, MFL 10 cheat sheet that we'll be uh, kind of breaking down the skeleton of it. It's pretty close to getting ready as far as where ADPs are uh, dictating value is going to fall and where we're going to be having you, having you draft value in your best ball contest at My Fantasy League. Also some news and notes. Also some things that Byron has said he wants to talk about that he's not even going to tell me what they are beforehand. Byron, how do we get started? Let's hop right into it. Oh, hop right into telling them that they need to go and give the podcast five stars. Give it a good review. Uh, if you like the podcast, please help us keep it going. Help us uh, ex- explain to our marketing guy why we should keep doing it. What he loves to see is five-star ratings and good reviews. If you like it, go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, give us a five-star rating, give us a review. We know so many more of you are listening than are rating this podcast. Also, you can find all of our work at rosterwatch.com. Now we get into it. He was just cruising around in the helicopter, mowing down feral hogs with an assault rifle. Our, our our marketing guy? No, Johnny Football. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. What, do, what do you make of all the Manziel, Sean Payton talk? We know Sean Payton used to be a party animal. Used to be. <laughs> those, those two could be birds of a feather. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Johnny Manziel in New Orleans? What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, here's the thing. I think he... Judging by his, the level of, I guess the non-level of uh, kind of Twitter engagement and social media activity we've seen out of the guy, he could be cleaned up for now and making a real run at trying to make a comeback. What do you think the chances are of that? That Johnny Manziel is, is, is clean, he's off of drugs, he's done partying, at least for now, and he's making a real attempt to try and be an NFL quarterback. What are the chances? Of that whole entire scenario? Everything about that... Well, I mean, trying to be an NFL quarterback. But yeah, everything about that whole scenario being true and being the case. Yeah, that's I find it hard to believe. <laughs> A 5%er? I think there's parts of that scenario that are probably very true. What parts do you find to be untrue? That he's quit partying. <laughs> okay, well, that's a that's a big part, I think. Wide receiver, wide receiver Adam Thielen, one of last year's biggest trash men. The, but you know what? The one was hilarious is that listeners to the serious program know that the trash man called the Adam Thielen monster, and we and we, we berated him. We berated him. We told him he cannot come on international Sirius XM radio and spew this garbage about Adam Thielen of all people. 
the trash man got just disgusting that week in DFS. A four-year deal for $19 million from Rick Spielman through 2020. Glad to hear it. Are you? Well, yeah. I'm friends with, I'm friends with his agent. Yeah, I guess it's a, it's a, it's, he was a good contributor for them last year. Is this fantasy relevant? Do you want him in Dynasty? Maybe. I want him, in, I want him in, in MFL 10s. Yeah, if I can get him in round 13 or something like that. I think he's one. I think he's, look at what he did down the stretch last season. I think he's a sneaky option. He was their best receiver down the stretch, wasn't he? It, it, would, it hurts to say because one of our most golden sons is Stephon Diggs. But yeah, I mean, just if you look at the Adam Thielen game log just to end the last season, especially in PPR, I mean, it's impressive. And, 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 th- and there were times like, and he actually showed immense upside. He should, I mean, he, should, he really did. So I, I don't think it's, I'm not that. I mean, 30, 32 point upside. And then look at the, let's just say in PPR, I mean, he also had one 18 point uh, game last season. I mean, look at the targets, even going back to week one. Started out slow, 5, 5, 4, and 3, but then 8, 5, 5, 6, 5, 11, 9, 5, 15, and 1. So t- towards the end of the season, target share ticking up. Well, I'd certainly expect in year two with Sam Bradford, he's going to be a regular fixture. On the trash man's garbage grab this season, and he'll probably be a uh, he's going to uh, be a, probably a pretty regular guest on the waiver wire cheat sheet as well. Yeah, and I think he's a player. Honestly, when redraft season comes along, that you that you're going to take the flyer on before your defense and your kicker. I think he's that kind of guy, and I think in in MFL tens, that's kind of you know since those things go twenty rounds, and we're used to them only going sixteen rounds in redraft. I think it's a reasonable pick at around, you know, round 13 or so, I think is where his value sort of at the cheat sheet is baked in, which is just, a, you know, a little bit higher than what his ADP is because I'd like roster watch nation to get a little bit of exposure to Thielen. It'll be interesting to see how that one turns out. I guess it's not huge money for Thielen. That could be a really solid you know what signing. Always, it's just, it's, it's just, it doesn't have any pop or sizzle. Hard to get excited about. You know it. what they've always said about Adam Thielen, and people, pro- it's probably just because the fact that they have the biases against white receivers. But they've always said that Adam Thielen is just a freak. If it, you know, if you see him in the gym, if you've been around him, we even know people close to the Vikings, the organization, who've talked about his his uh, you know freakiness and his level. Of this you know, if this is a guy who puts it together. This is a guy that has a lot of a lot of things going for him. Staying with the Vikings, what a horrible move it was by Rick Spielman to sign running back Latavius Murray. He has terrible vision, terrible lateral agility. He runs zero, way zero too creativity. Upright, can't break tackles and shed contact. <laughs> Just everything. He's a bad running back. But the word is Rick Spielman has his his archetypes for these positions. And it sounds like it sounds like Latavius Murray is lining up to be like their Ferrari version of who was the, oh Matt Matt Asiata. <laughs> He's their rich man's Matt Asiata. I don't want to any man's Matt Asiata. Already undergoing ankle surgery, uh, Murray. No, he's been a little bit hampered by injuries in Oakland. That that's the other thing to consider is 
he was oftentimes not playing at full strength, so that's what you're getting with him as well is not the greatest durability. I will say, though, I think Latavius Murray, a guy that you have too low on the MFL 10 blueprints. Hey, look, man, I'll tell you, in, I I thought you were going to complain about him being too high, but when I looked at where his current ADP is, he's outside of the top... Uh, let's see, where is his ADP? Outside of the top 50 for sure. Yeah, his 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 ADP on my fantasy league currently for MFL tens is sixty three, so you can get him right now with the the first pick of the sixth, sixth round. round. And the cheat sheet skeleton says that you can take him at value around pick. Okay, so around pick 62. Like, I'm actually a little bit low on him. I think what that occurred was me shuffling some people around. I wanted us to be about even on where he was, ADP-wise. So if he did fall there, that seems like a bargain to me. 6.01 I guess, I guess his ADP is a little bit lower than I would have expected. Yes, and I think Because I looked at the maybe, players next to him on I the blueprints and said, man, I think Latavius is a better play okay, see, so, in, a, in, a ML, in a best ball. Right, a better play than a Rob Kelly, a better play than... Do you think he... Well, do you like him better than Ty Montgomery? If you consider that Ty Montgomery comes into next season basically having Eddie Lacy's old role. I think you like... Well, that's a good point. We've never seen that out of a whole season of Ty Montgomery. Boy, that feels like they've got to sign a running back in Green Bay. Ty Montgomery was good to end the season. I mean, he He's was... good, but you think he can carry the load? I think, about they, I think they can just keep do, using him like they did, and they did. They used him between the tackles. They just used him a ton as an ex, as an extension of the run in the passing game. Good for PPR. Boy, that's sneaky. Do we own Ty Montgomery in any of our dynasty leagues? We sh- we probably should have, but no, I don't think so. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't a big Ty Montgomery guy until he got moved moved his positions. And it's funny. Uh, I I went back and toggled his uh, mock draftable and to compare it against running backs, and he had much sicker comps for, for his comparable running backs than he ever did for his we comparable We know Ty Montgomery, outs. a guy that I always had a bit of a penchant for from the Senior Bowl, and I actually compared to a larger Percy Harvin. Our analytics guy, Mike Band, went and ran uh, uh, size, uh, speed, weight comparables for Ty Montgomery. Actually turns out that per- Percy Harvin is one of the most accurate comps for Ty Montgomery. And that was from from Ty Montgomery's combine. Let me just pull up his mock draftable and see. Oh God! I mean, as a wide receiver, he dude, he has a bunch of good comps. Uh, looks like one of them is one of them on mock draftable at least is Larry Fitzgerald. When you put it together with Mike Bands, his comp of a Percy Harvin, that's pretty nice. But I remembered when I could when I toggled it to the uh, wide receiver, or I targeted it, toggled it to running back. Yeah, it looks like guys like Marion Barber, David Johnson, you know, guys like this. So I think it's I think it's interesting that he's now at running back, and I don't know. I I think I like him better than Latavius. It's a good point. I'd have to say right now I do like him better than Latavius. But I think maybe he belongs. So let's just talk about across position. Could have been the wide receivers that. I was, well, I mean, do you do you like do you like Latavius Murray more than Rashard Matthews? Yeah. Do you like him more than? I mean, do you like him more than Corey Coleman? I don't know that I do. Yeah, and 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 I, I think well, I do. who's the quarterback the in Cleveland? With the well, 
it's yet to be seen. But I do believe that Corey Coleman is the new number one there, unless you really believe in, in, in Kenny Brett. And Kenny Britt is another guy towards around the 12th round or so who's who's falling a little bit too far for my liking. I like Latavius farther. Murray up there around Stephon Diggs. So you like him more than Ty Montgomery? Oh, I'd like to get Ty Montgomery up as well. Well, see, but then, well, see, you're you're falling into the classic trash man. Uh, We're just not going to be maximizing if we do that. There's there's just, there's there are certain things that just can't happen at, at, on the cheat sheet and have it still make sense for what we're actually trying hey, we to accomplish. We never like it's falling what, into a classic trash man. Oh, it's just that people wonder about the cheat sheet and they look at it and they say, "How could you ever have so and so ranked above so and so?" And we say, "That's not it. That's not it. This isn't about rankings. This is about maximizing value at each turn." And there are some guys who we are going to be destined to get. You know, we, we've baked in those certain guys. But for times whenever there's not anybody who we just love, who is, you know, rationally worth taking in this round, if we can get them around later, around or two later, you're going to have some of those picks and you have to maximize value there. And for that to happen, it's just generally been the case that if you look at, I mean, let's just look at what Stephon Diggs' is, uh, ADP is versus Ty Montgomery's. I know Stephon Diggs is, is somewhere in the 40s. It looks like. That's just a surprise. Those are surprising ADPs. I think it's 44. And we love Stephon Diggs. I'm just very surprised that his ADP would that be that high. Was yes. it, it was So Stephon Diggs, his, his ADP is, is 41. And um, Montgomery... His ADP is 65, and so when they're only two apart like that, it only makes enough, you know, makes enough sense to where you could get, you could get them both. I'd like I'd like to be able to get them both. Stefan Diggs, let's see, he finished the season. he started the season hot. What he had the huge game with Sam. He Bradford. always starts the season Sam real Bradford. hot, but by the end it was kind of by was the end a, it, was, it petered out. Yeah, let's it was hard here. to plan. This looks like he had ended with just under seven Stephon touches Diggs per game. Only the five. Five point five point seven point median, and it just did not back up in standard. The eight point four. Well, had he played 4. the full season, he would have surely gone for a thousand yards. But the touchdowns were pathetic. Only three two, touchdowns. Only two top ten finishes at the wide receiver position. Three top twenty finishes. That's a hard offense what to trust. It, Give me was, Latavius Murray. What was his Murray. touchdown dependent? Oh God, touchdown deficient. Twelve percent touchdown. Twelve uh, percent touchdown dependency. So. Well, my takeaway His is... His fantasy points per target was down this year. Everything was down. Well, my takeaway is that there's value on Ty Montgomery and Latavius Murray uh, both right now in the MFL 10 format. Looks like Jonathan Stewart's gotten his contract extension. For how long? I didn't see that. So they re-upped, they re-upped Fozzie Whitaker for two One years. One year extension through 2018. Any dashing of your hopes for a Cam Newton, Leonard Fournette backfield? I don't think so. I think you need insurance anyways. It concerns me, though, that Jonathan Stewart is still somebody that they're going to plan on getting snaps one way or the other this year, no matter if they get a Fournette or not. And they just got Fozzie for two more years. Why should we even be concerned with that? I I think you should be concerned whenever they pay a guy for two more years. About Fozzie Whitaker? Yeah, I just don't think you're going to pay a guy. I mean, he's, they gave him a pretty decent contract. It was two years, seven million bucks. He's a pathetic NFL running back. 
Yeah, right. I'm just you got you just you've just re-upped you gotta have two a depth more, chart. You've re-upped two more guys on to on two year contracts. You can't Cameron Artis Payne is still on the roster. I just it it, it makes me think that they're not going to be taking a, a a running back there with their first round pick. You think Gettleman's going to go into training camp with Jonathan Stewart, Cameron Artis Payne, and Fozzie Whitaker all on the roster? It's oh, oh yeah. it's just very hard for me to believe that that all three of those guys will be on the. Ro- on the roster next year. Well, I mean, what well, they're all under contract. Well, yeah, but it does, that doesn't matter. There's a lot of guys under contract that get cut in training camp. Not that it's just signed. Not that they just signed extensions. Yeah, maybe not Fozzie, but Cameron Artis Payne. He doesn't necessarily have to make the team. He's on a cheap rookie deal. Yeah, I mean, that's just a strange. Cameron situation. Artis Payne was he fourth round or fifth round? Look, you got to have four running backs on. The, I mean, you don't have to. I think you can have three to four running backs on the depth chart. Maybe three, and you send one to the practice squad. I don't think it precludes them at all from from taking a high pick. And if you get somebody like a Fournette who comes in, he's like a Zeke Elliott. Like you, you just realize quickly you can't take him off the field. I don't. I don't think it matters with Fozzie and Cameron or just Payne. They I think talk. Stewart is going to get snaps though this year, which yeah. is fine. I guess you know every team there's some second running back getting snaps. But it feels like Jonathan Stewart can steal touchdowns. And early down work and third down work, he could steal from you in a lot of ways. No, that's why I don't look. I think I think with the recent two signings, I don't care what you say about Fozzie. I don't think he's a particularly good NFL player either. No, come on, but I do think that I do think that signing both the two two running backs to two year deals, basically to, to two year deals right before the season starts, means that you're probably not in the market right now for a first round running back with an early top ten pick in the draft. Or they may not think Fournette's going to make it to him. Well, hey, that'd be sick. That'd be sick for us too. I just, I don't know. I want I want Fournette to go to that to go to that kind of spot because I know that we've traded up for him in our dynasty league. I don't want this to be any kind of. What's the biggest swindle that you? Well, think? Well, I don't necessarily love the offensive line there. I I, so I don't love. We don't. Well, that's I don't thing. want him to be in New York for the. You don't want to be Jets. With, the, with the Jets. Uh, our good friend. On Twitter, run for Johnny. He says that Jonathan Stewart's a great value pick in MFL tens right now. Oh yeah, well he's going to be on a lot of roster watch nations teams. I don't, I don't want him giving away all of our, giving away all of our secrets. Just t- taking these good ideas and getting them out there for the world to consume. Because old Rummy's got a whole bunch of followers. Let me pull up where we have him on the cheat sheet versus his uh, versus his ADP. And it looks like Jay Stu. Oh, he's not even in the t- he's not even in the top one hundred of ADPs. No, he's right. Like no, he's his his ADP on my fantasy league is one hundred and twenty nine right now. We have you drafting him basically thirty spots ahead of his ADP, and it's another one where people are gonna there you know. The, the the herd is going to come to us. It's so funny if you look at the results from MFL tens last year. There's like four thousand MFL tens of results to look back on. So far this year, there's only been a hundred and five. So these ADPs are going to change. This this as far as this cheat sheet, the skeleton of it's going to be one of the most dynamic ones there is because it's just going to have to, you know. It's being built basically. It's like the skeleton of it is being built to such early ADPs. The, what it shifts to, I'll, I'll be interested to see. At least we'll always be ahead of the curve. Rams GM, Les Sneed's original golden child. 
now former golden child, wide receiver Brian Quick, is a redskin. That's what I was going to talk about. That's what I was asking. I said, something happened. In, in my world, this Brian Quick. Does that suck for Dawson? Les Sneeds, V-Jacks. It's, more, it's just another, it's another body blow for Dawson. Along with the Terrell. Terrell Pryor could be a It was a shot. body blow. It was just, it was all, you know, none of it's in, like, none of this is turned. It's like that and the Martavis, two of my biggest swindles of the season, have been just receiving body But here's blows. the thing, they got to have a death chart. You can't go into the season with just Jamison Crowder and Josh Dawson. So they've actually filled out a decent death chart. It's just Brian you feel has, like it's Brian, just three Brian similar really, body types now that can all steal from each other. And prior Dachson. It and was going to be Dachson. He was going to be the AJ Green, and Jameson Crowder was going to be the slot guy. There you get some jag on the other side of Dachson, and it was going to be a monster. And now Terrell Pryor looks. Like, he's like you Calvin don't think Johnson it could turn Jr. into a Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey situation. When those two played together and were both effective with Terrell Pryor and Dawson emerging and quick likely just being what he is at this point. And then still Jordan, still Jordan Reed and Jamison Crowder mouths to feed. It's a lot of mouths to feed. Too many. I don't right? feel like you got to feed Crowder too much. He's a little shrimpy little baby out there. Look, here's the thing. About, <laughs> here's the thing about, you know, he, but Crowder's good. He's like, he's like, he's legit good. You want the ball. In yeah. His and hands. in PPR, he's a great volume like, target. And, and just and as an NFL player, I think as a coach, you like you want the ball in his hands. He's he's really good. So I still want some Dachshund. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say though like I'm not gonna trade away a first round pick in Dynasty form at this point. What about wasn't Martellus Bennett in the fold with the Alshon Jeffrey Brandon Marshall? Yeah, well, yeah, but Martellus Bennett was disappointing for his entire yeah, career. Yeah, I Chicago. think Jordan Reed has a chance to be disappointing. I. I can't say I disagree that there's a chance of it. For well, I mean, there's no. I completely agree. Look, I'm he's just gonna looking, I'm he's looking gonna for a silver lining here. If, he's going to disappoint if you're if 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 he doesn't stay healthy. One more concussion and he needs to quit football. I mean, that's the bottom line, right? And it's not just the concussions that have held him back. Also, I don't know. You just hear so much about Sean McVay and what he does with the tight ends what he brings to a tight end in that offense. Things are always pointed back to what he did with a guy like Jordan Reed. He's no longer there. There's going to be some sorts of changes to the system. So, yeah, I think. I mean, I think there's a little bit of instability and, and uncertainty with Jordan Reed's role. That could be a bit of a silver lining, but this thing is turning into a crap sandwich for Josh Dawson and, and his owners in, in Dynasty. I you wonder if they're concerned about his development or his, his Achilles, or is it just that because he was injured last year, he didn't really get a chance because to develop? He, because he's a McLuhan guy? I mean, I don't know. Hmm, that'll be an interesting to, one to watch um, unfold. Uh, Patriots beat writer Mike Reese reporting that Michael Floyd is unlikely to return to the Patriots for this season. I actually think he could be a reasonable someone's pickup for pay, one of these hey, other wide receivers. Someone's going to get a good wide receiver. Cowboys are looking for somebody opposite of Dez. No, really. They brought, that's why they brought Terrence Williams back. Did they? Yeah. I missed that one? No, we what, talked about it on this podcast. What'd they pay him? I think 17. Uh, are you pay? sure about that? <laughs> yeah, we do. We talked about it on this podcast. What the hell's going on with your short-term memory here? <laughs> Terrence Williams back to the Cowboys. 
And like, 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 we, like we talked about previously on the podcast, we said that people from, uh, from the Cowboys told us at the combine that they wanted to keep him. We That's didn't think true. it was reasonable. Wow. And it looks like a four-year, $17 million so deal. So they got a pretty good deal. They got it for cheap. Nobody else wanted Terrence Williams. So that ruins our ideas of a Cooper Cup or a Zay Jones. Zay Jones or honestly, yeah. I was starting to think it was a trash man, Josh Reynolds, that could end up on that other side of Des Bryant. All those guys would be better than Terrence Williams. They love Terrence Williams. <laughs> I have no he idea why. Be, he must be a good like, cat in the there, locker room. There are people who are part of that club who, who love the guy. Dave Gettleman has exercised Kelvin Benjamin's fifth-year option. That seems like a move that was destined to be made. Hopefully we can see Kelvin with an uptick here. Gettleman, you know what's funny is last year Gettleman was hyping, uh, and I'm sure this is par for the course, but he was hyping how quickly Kelvin Benjamin was recovering and he was already running and he was watching his weight and all this stuff in the offseason last year. And then he comes to the combine this year. We ask him about the situation with these lackluster wide receiver performances. And he said, you know, well, Kelvin just, you could tell he just still wasn't all the way back and you can't really, <laughs> you can't really have expected him to be. Yeah. Sounds like they're disappointed there, but you know, he's a show me, he's the ultimate show me what you can do guy. Kelvin's the guy that can do a lot. And he's also the ultimate bargain basement hunter. These rookie contracts probably makes a lot of sense to go ahead and keep Kelvin around. Do you have any interest What's your interest level in Kelvin Benjamin or Devin Funchess? I have no interest. Cur- I have no interest in Devin Funchess. He just you he, don't he find any to reason to believe he could he, he could have a breakout. He needs to show me more. I mean, I know we really liked him coming. I mean, out. he truly needs to show us what he can do. I haven't seen it. I've seen maybe if I seen if I seen one flash play at the NFL level out of Devin Funchess, a couple, maybe two, couple. Who have I seen more flash plays out of, Devin Funches or Brashad Perriman? It's close. It's unfortunately close. It looks like, I mean, Kelvin Benjamin, what he's, uh, what he is uh, getting on the free market right here. Oh God, who that? Which 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 ones of you are playing in these ninety-six team leagues? I mean, how is that even fun? <laughs> what do you even do? Somebody tr- traded away uh, round one pick 80 in that league <laughs> for, for Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> Is that a 20, 20 round 96 teamer? You're, you're having to, by the end of that thing, you're having to take like, <laughs> you're having to take CFL guys in high schoolers. Talk about maniacal. Yeah, no, let's see. Um, <laughs> all right, TJ Yeldon and Kelvin, for, for who, who do you think is fair for that? It, it's a running back. TJ Yeldon and Kelvin. Trade trade that up for a... Probably somebody slightly better than a Jordan Howard, maybe. Somewhere around in that category. A Lamar Miller. Yeah. Somebody that appears to have a straighter line to the workload. I like I like Jordan Howard better I than twenty seventeen. Do as well, certainly do as well. As users of the MFL ten cheat sheet, we'll find out. It's not up yet, so I know you guys. We we said we were working on it. And we've gotten probably no less than twenty tweets and or just emails and and comments at the, on the website from you guys. We're gonna get this tool up as soon as possible. Just just like with all of our other tools, as soon as 
it's ready, we will let everybody know via Twitter, put a post on the ticker on the website, et cetera. Et cetera. Uh, you can, of course, find all of our content at rosterwatch.com. Signing up for a pro membership is quick and easy. It costs less than a cheap cup of coffee. You will never be a fantasy loser again with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. Plus, you're supporting all of our maniacal efforts, our maniacal work, uh, our maniacal activities. You're getting Byron, myself, the trash man, you know, guys like Mike Van, guys like Mike Loiko in your corner for these very important decisions and this intel that goes into your fantasy processes. Uh, One other reminder, if you're listening on iTunes, please give us a five-star review. Give us a good rating. Make sure you're subscribed. If you are not subscribed and you like this content, uh, it'll be the reason that we keep doing it. If people keep subscribing, if people keep giving us good reviews and good ratings, as we said, because that's what our marketing guy cares about, and he oftentimes tells us how to allocate resources. Um, Byron, do you want to go into the MFL 10 section, or is there any more news and notes? A couple more things here. The news is, the narrative, we'll say, trickling out that uh, Adrian Peterson and the Packers have been flirting with each other. Uh, and the part of the reason that AP is continues to be on the market is his asking price continues to be too high, and I I just call this par for the course and the art of the deal. This is standard negotiation, and we've told you for five podcasts now that I'd expect these veteran running backs not to get signed until after the draft. I think teams want to see what happens in the draft with these young, talented running well, backs. Well, like this draft can change the whole the whole landscape of the running back position in your franchise, and it, you don't even have to necessarily invest or sink huge uh, draft equity to, to be able to make that happen. I mean, you come out of this thing and you use a third round pick and a seventh round pick on just say, I don't know, Jamal Williams and Corey Clement. You come into camp with those two guys and you, I mean, both of those guys are legitimate players to come in and, and, and play a role immediately and you 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 haven't expended the anywhere near the draft capital that you would think to be able to come away with one of the kind of high-end guys in the draft the Leonard Fournette the Dalvin Cooks I know people think the same thing about Alvin Kamara Christian McCaffrey Joe Mixon even Deontay Foreman I mean we're talking now we've talked what that was six guys I just listed just then just then yeah all premier options I mean these GMs they value youth and they value Savings, savings, savings yes. against the cap. In that situation, there's so many running backs. They want to mine that first, see how their roster takes shape, and then decide if they're in the market for one of these veteran running backs. Once they've, once they can start trying to whittle these guys down on their asking prices, as well. Adrian Peterson and Green Bay. For some reason, that feels like not just because it's Packers Vikings. Seems just like a weird fit in a for, for Adrian Peterson some reason in my mind, but you gotta imagine the opportunities to score touchdowns would certainly be there in that offense. That would be something to watch. And last but not least, the black anaconda back in the news. ESPN's Dan Graziano uh, reports that Josh Gordon. Um, is going to hear back in the league and around the time of the NFL draft. He's going to hear back. From the, he's going to hear back from the league. Yep. About potential reinstatement. Huh. Well, well, so now the Browns said they washed their hands of Josh Gordon last year. 
they actually cut him? Uh, no, they quit talk. They quit talking about him. They won't answer questions about him. But I don't think that they, I think they officially can still. I think they still have still officially have the right of first refusal on on the black anaconda. And I know that Sashi would take it. Too much value. For for Josh Gordon. Oh yeah, I mean, he's, I don't know. Is he is he, is he still one of the freakiest best receivers in the league? Still, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, seems like he would certainly be worth the flyer. Uh, the one thing about Aaron Rodgers too, do you, I mean, how how do you like? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, it's okay. Uh, but just anytime we get a little Josh Gordon news, we got to yeah. go over it. Well, I mean, that probably means we should be taking him at the very end of MFL 10s right now. Just in case. 19th round or something. Or, you know, not 19th round, but, you know, 17th round. Is Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is one of the... Um, Aaron Rodgers one of the higher shotgun percentages in the league. Does yeah, that bother you? Yeah, that, that is what, that's part of what bothers me. There just something. There was something that wasn't didn't seem right about it. That it's could hard have, that to envision Adrian it. Peterson in that offense. Right. Too many quick hitters. I want I want him to line up behind some big good offensive line, and I want him to smash. I still think AP. I think he could still get him 15, 18 touches a game and have pretty good productivity. All right, these these news and notes. Let's put them to bed here. All right. News and notes being put to bed. We move on to the MFL 10 cheat sheet discussion portion of the podcast. Again, if you're not subscribed on iTunes here to the Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com, please subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a good review. Also do the same on Stitcher. You can find all these podcasts at rosterwatch.com backslash podcast. You can find testimonials from winning members of our fantasy community at rosterwatch.com backslash success. Byron, how do we get started on the MFL 10s basically or the MFL 10 cheat sheet? You've basically gone in. I've, I've kind of put the backbone to it through about 13 to 14 rounds just to give the listeners an overview. I'm not going to do this thing for 20 rounds long. It's going to be impossible to keep up with, with how these ADPs shift. If I'm having to move guys, up in the 19th round or down in the 19th round. Basically, you're going to get instructions that are going to get you through about 14 rounds. Then you'll have instructions to um, pick your defenses and to, you know, in the two extra rounds, pick guys you like or we'll give you a pool of players to just select from that are complete and total flyers. Because at that point in time, the, 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 the standard deviation of where picks are going to occur just makes this completely impossible to, to, to do uh, via our formulas. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to go to about round 13. 13-ish or so, round 13-ish, round 14. Uh, and Byron has gone into the sheet and highlighted some some areas of uh, his particular concern. I see one whole position completely highlighted. Let's, well, I've let's had the, the opportunity to take Alex's blueprints and get the red pen out. <laughs> Start circling some discussion points here. Uh, I think we need to get, to me, Alshon Jeffrey... So I'm looking at the running back group, Leonard Fournette, Mark Ingram, Lamar Miller. Right now we've got Leonard Fournette at a decision point cross-positionally with Alshon Jeffrey. Then you go to Brandon Cooks, at which point after that you've got an Allen Robinson, Mark Ingram, Lamar Miller decision. 
In my opinion, Alshon Jeffries is a really, really strong play in Philadelphia. I feel very, very comfortable with him in a PPR format. And, you know, outside of the injury, I feel like he's kind of the sure thing here. I'm I'm taking him over those running backs, or I'm taking him over Leonard Fournette without knowing anything more about Leonard Fournette's situation at this point. I think Brandon Cooks is a guy that we're excited about and intrigued about, but we still don't know exactly, you know, how much production can he really have with so many mouths to feed in New England. I feel like that's a little more of a situation where you're starting to second guess yourself, and to me, that brings a guy like Leonard Fournette into focus. Um, Okay, so to me that can be one group of running backs. There's no to me there doesn't have to be a separation between Fournette, Ingram, and Miller. I think that's a group, and I think there's an argument that Mark Ingram can be at the top of that heap in PPR. Well, he has the lowest ADP of anybody that we've discussed. So we'll just Leonard split Fournette, the difference. There. Leonard Fournette is his ADP is thirty. Alshon's ADP is thirty-one. Um, Brandon Cooks' his ADP is twenty-two, and Mark Ingram's ADP is thirty-two. So, I mean, it's close to right. I think we can close that gap. I think it's one group. I don't think Fournette is a separate group from Ingram and Lamar Miller. So you close the gap to make the decision. And here. I would move him down. Yeah. Let's get Alshon Jeffrey. Really, really like him with Carson Wentz. Do you like Alshon Jeffrey better than Sammy Watkins? That's a good question. I hadn't thought about that. I, I actually may like him better than Sammy Let Watkins. Let me look at what the ADPs are. It's just hard to. It's it's I just. Think I it's hard to compare them over the course of the last few years because both have had have pretty the much. The problem been is these plagued. are such garbage ADPs. It can be completely different once you get in there into your own draft. Right. Such uh, a limited sample. Sammy Watkins has his five, has five spots higher ADP. Than it Alshon. looks like we're pro. It looks like we're a little bit low on on him. We could probably get it to where a lot of people would end up with Alshon, and some people might still get value on Watkins if we just flipped them. I mean, I could, I could see doing that. I like that. I like that. All right. I mean, Sammy Watkins is one of the freakiest players we've ever scouted, and we certainly still have very high hopes for him. It's just a little bit harder to trust with the injury issues and in that offense. I mean, I get it. Alshon Jeffrey hasn't been the model of health uh, either. That just feels like a good fit with Carson Wentz. I like it. I like it. And I think those ADPs will come up our, our way, too. Like, like we said, these ADPs are going to change a bunch. The next one. So you, I know what this is going to be. It's going to say, get Tevin Coleman up. And I'm just going to tell you, like, it, he is. Is, is, is that what it's you're going to say? It's not just Tevin Coleman. His ADP. I just can't believe that you like Spencer Ware so much. When did we like start liking Spencer Ware this much? I like Spencer, I like Spencer Ware's... Uh, I, I like Spencer Ware's outlook if he gets a full season healthy as the starter there. More than a C.J. Anderson? Oh, I think Anthony don't you Lynn think? I mean, don't you work with a C.J. Anderson? Or not? Anthony Lynn? Anthony Lynn wants to pound it with a Melvin no, Gordon. No, 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 uh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. You got me at a loss right now. Is the former Colorado coach, the one that had the scandal, Vance Joseph from Miami. Vance, no, Vance Joseph, Joseph wants to pound the rock. Right. I guess he got. He, but he acted like Devonte Booker was still going to be an option there. He, I think Booker didn't look any good thing, see, on tape last and year. And when did C.J. Anderson look good? I didn't think Spencer Ware looked good. Anderson. Either. Anderson was on fire to start the year. Okay. C.J. Anderson was on fire, <laughs> not to end the year. Well, he was injured. 
which has been a constant problem with him. But C.J. Anderson was injured, and when he came back, I guarantee he wasn't still health. He wasn't one hundred percent healthy. Anderson missed Anderson. a lot of time. C.J. Anderson. I mean, he started on fire last year. I wouldn't say on fire, but it wasn't it wasn't bad. Twenty five point nine points in the first game. That's fire. 16.3, Yeah, it was really that first month of the season he he lit he lit fire. Let's see what the most like let's see what the most impressive runs out of Spencer Ware have been because they they've only been able to come in relief duty, right? But he was another guy. Injuries affected by injuries last season. I just see these dudes as being being pretty similar. Okay, so Spencer Ware, I mean, hilariously enough, had his in his first game of the season a 25.9 pointer as well. That's odd. 29 point, 25.9, 10.5 points, 8.3 points, 9.6 points, 22.3 points, 19.1 points to start the season. After that, it was a few down weeks 44.7, 4, 7.2, 8.5, 9.6, and then 17.2, and then did not eclipse 10 again for the rest of the season, but in three of four got at least 8.2, with two of them being 9.5 and 9.6. Who do you think is more likely those, to those add? Those scoring profiles remind me an awful lot of each other. Who do you, which, which team do you think is more likely to add another legitimate running back to the fold? I think it's Kansas City. I think Denver's going to go into the season with C.J. Anderson as the starter and Devontae Booker as the backup. He's going to get some touches. I get it. I mean, we can flip-flop those I two, but I just, I just I want to see what the ADPs are, though. And I don't want anybody to, you know, those guys, it's going to be important to have those guys slotted there as a potential kind of... Value picks. Yes, because if, if you end up getting those guys, it's going to mean that you want a little bit wide receiver heavy to start. It looks like Spencer Ware's ADP is... Okay, so um, the ADP on C.J. Anderson is 39. The ADP on Spencer Ware is 40. So it's good that we have them back-to-back. We can flip them. It's fine. Just to play the ADP game? Yes, it's commiserate with the ADP to, to, to flip them. Now, how in the world is Tevin Coleman's ADP lower than both of those guys? It just is. That um, makes no sense at all. Tevin Coleman's ADP. He's as safe as safe can get in this deal. 40... 46. With massive, massive upside. I like him better. I'm not sure I like... I mean, I, I can see the argument. You can make the argument. I think I feel safer with Tevin Coleman than either of those guys, especially in PPR. It's just hard to feel safer with a guy... His upside is mega. But it's... But it's, he, that's like saying Tyreek Hill's upside is mega. Yeah, it is. It is. But it's just a really weird thing to say. It's an upside that you feel safe with. Since it's so dependent I mean, on big te- plays, Tevin Coleman was since a- so dependent on having one of the ha- having basically of, of people with adequate sample sizes, Tevin Coleman last season had the highest fantasy points per touch of any running back. I mean, it's just that, that kind of thing just seems harder to replicate to me. If the, if if you think that if you can predict the volume coming back, that to me seems like it gives you more opportunities for you know potential monster outputs rather than just his his talent and and being able to. Being able to get consistently get the most out of each, you know, each time he touches the football, I think it makes sense to get the guy who only gets twelve touches, but you know, behind the guys who are more legitimate threats to get 18, 19 touches a game. Well, that's fine. We just need to make sure Tevin Coleman is high versus ADP. He is. 
Trust me. What's your next beef with this? We've already talked about Latavius Murray. Yes. Needs to come up. Up to Ty Montgomery territory. Interesting you have Joe Mixon over those two. That might be one we play an ADP game with. I think that is an ADP game. Uh, Let's see. Ty Montgomery's ADP is outside of the top outside of the top uh 50 so is joe mixon's let's see mixon's is um looks like his adp is 57 latavius murray's adp is 63 ty montgomery's adp is a lot lower than both those guys if i remember correctly um let's see Montgomery 65 so yeah I mean it's an ADP game having Mixon over him it's just with Latavius I didn't want to be super high on him I just wanted to have him about where his ADP was so not everybody on you well I know. think he's, as much as we hate him I think his ADP is low enough that he, he makes some sense in his so format. all right so even though you think you can probably get him by based on average draft position around 6.01 should our should roster watch nation be instructed to take this guy more towards if they have the availability towards maybe the end of the fifth? I think so, man. I like him up with the Golden Tates and the Stefan Diggs, the Jameson Crowders, the Corey Coleman's. Strikes me that Dante Moncrief might be a little low on that list. Like I, I just I'm not sure I like hard. I'm not sure I'd like Latavius more than Moncrief, but I'm pretty sure I like him more than Coleman, Crowder, Tate. And Diggs, all guys above Moncrief. Well, Moncrief a sneaky play this year. I mean, he's in a con. He's in a contract year. They're not gonna. They are. I think they have every incentive to try and get Philip Dorsett more involved. We love T.Y. Hilton this year. I think is. I think in my calculations, just in my spreadsheet as a as a function for that and for points distribution, I just couldn't. Uh, we love Jack Doyle. I just couldn't get Dante Moncrief that high, especially given his touchdown dependency. If you look at his game logs from last 11. year, eleven point four points per game last year. Is that was look that, at the game logs, like, and you'll see it's it's he's like if he didn't if he didn't score a touchdown, he did you know he completely he completely sunk you. And I, I don't I don't like tank I don't like taking guys in, in you know these sort of PPR best ball formats that you know, have a decent floor that's good, that's so touchdown dependent. Well, I'll tell you, the Philip Dorsett discussion is an interesting one because, you know, while that pick was a head scratcher for the Colts when they needed defense and offensive line, you know, you, you have to remind yourself that Philip Dorsett was a first-round pick. The Colts have a lot invested of him, and you can't forget he was a he was a pretty high-end prospect with a lot of upside. you got to think it's interesting, too, that the Colts have signed former Ravens wide receiver and a trash man's favorite, Kamar Aiken. Dante Moncrief, the ultimate just low-upside, horrible MFL 10 kind of player. He had a 9.9-point median and an 8 fantasy points per game. You think that <laughs> he, Kamar- he was he, he was he was He was 50, he was almost 60% touchdown dependent. You think the Kamar Aiken signing hurts Moncrief? I forgot that it even happened, but yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not big on Dante Moncrief this year. Well, I, I, th- I, I think I it says something player. about Philip Dorsett, too, the Aiken signing. Probably a little insurance against Moncrief being in a contract year. Maybe a little insurance that Philip Dorsett's not as good as they would have hoped. All signs 
pointing towards T.Y. Hilton. And give, me, who, and, give me some T.Y. And, and, whoever, and whoever eventually ends up there in that backfield, if it's Frank Gore, we're going to be higher on him than a oh. lot of folks. It's true. Oh, oh Frank Gore's I hate a, to even have to consider uh, that Frank possibility. A, I, I understand. Is he, when is, is he not retired yet? <laughs> I, I, we always say it, but dude, whenever we recorded like the pilot episode of this show, before we were even on local radio in Austin, before we did that for however, like two, three years, before we got recruited out of that to get a, our national show on Sirius, before this podcast, we, we've, we've been on Sirius now for what, four years? Five years. Five years. Before we started this podcast, before we had a website, before we had a company, before I, before any of it, our first pilot episode that we sent to the local dinky radio station here in Austin had a bit bitching about Frank Gore and about how, how he's not worn down by now. Well, it was 2011, and that's when everybody was trying to figure out if they could get one year ahead of the Frank Gore, Stephen Jackson fall off the cliff <laughs> scenario. And Frank Gore is still just churning. Hard to believe. Uh, let's see. A couple more here. Marquise Lee, Kenny Stills. I highlighted them. I didn't get a chance to look at their ADP, but Stills is a guy we've said we want to make sure uh, that we that we get this year. If We're going we're gonna to be close to ADP on Jarvis Landry. We like him in PPR, but kind of want to design this to where we're tilted towards getting Stills later. So what that is is with the ADPs on – Stills versus his slotting right now. Okay, so the ADP on that guy is 136 on my fantasy league. Even if you look at fantasy pros, man, his ADP there is 154. People are just sleeping on Kenny Stills. We have him up basically in our top 100, basically taking him three rounds ahead of where his average draft position would be. We just want to get him on What a team. play that is. Marquise Lee is the exact same. And I just can't understand how a guy like Cameron Meredith has an ADP of 87, and these other guys have ADPs of 136 and 139. I have those guys back-to-back. -back. And to be honest, I would have taken him over Cameron Meredith. Both those guys caught my eye. I had to highlight them. Uh, also interesting, I'm assuming, does Kevin White have a higher ADP than Cameron Meredith right now? Kevin White's ADP currently is a... Um, I'm just having to check in my spreadsheet here. His MFL 10 ADP is 102. His looks like his ADP on Fantasy Pros is 120. Kind of an average sort of ADP range, like there, 102 to sort of 120. It looks like Adam Thielen right in that group. Actually, outside of Stills, maybe no, probably. Actually, Adam Thielen is probably the player, just bottom line, that we like the most out of that group right now. Feel most comfortable with. I'm assuming though that, like you said earlier. People are completely sleeping on Adam Thielen, so we're kind of able to sneak him into the cheat sheet here right around this point. Yeah. Yeah, like his, it looks like his ADP is... It looks like they have him around 110 at the MFL 10s ADP, so if we can get him in just right there around... You know, right there around Meredith and the rest of those guys, you know, Meredith with an ADP of... 87. So no one on no one on roster watch nation is going to own any Cameron Meredith. How do you even know what to make of that thing in Chicago the with Mike a new Glenn quarterback? The Cameron Meredith. The, I mean, to Kevin White. Kevin White. And, uh, there's others. Let me pull up our lads. There's one other real obvious. Well, one I think I, Glennon bombs it around. It's just going to be a matter of can these guys do anything? Who's the third wideout that they signed? 
it was Marcus Wheaton. They also oh, and Kendall Wright. Looks like they brought, loaded up on some value receivers there. Yeah, it looks like they brought back um, Josh Bellamy. I don't know how long he'll stick around. Braylon Addison from last year and Daniel Braverman from last year they still have, so they have some guys. I just don't I mean know. it's just a it's a Daniel Braverman was a real favorite of a friend of the pod and uh, one of our close associates, Mike Loiko, coming out. I mean they've got a stack. He thought he was a little a, a little amen. They've got a stacked depth chart of compelling you know low end late round flyer draft type of guys which 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 typically don't win championships Kindle, unless, hey, in, unless you're Bill Belichick the Kindle Wright one is sneaky <laughs> yeah that Kindle Wright one is sneaky yeah, you, Kindle Wright's an effective player to me that's like a that's like somebody picking up a Michael Floyd somebody's gonna say like hey man like that's first round pedigree we like our scouting department really liked him as a well, as and, a prospect even in even in Fantasy and standard. I mean, if Kendall Wright was getting the snaps, he was always he was a weekly fixture on the waiver wire cheat sheet. He's always a guy that was in contention to get you more points than you know some than than the scrub on the bottom of your roster. All right, let's burn through this thing here. I can't figure out why you have been Roethlisberger so low. The only thing that I can figure is that you are concerned he's going to miss games, and in a best ball, that would drive him down. I, I it's to to be honest with the quarterbacks, I just. I played basically almost a complete fade early quarterbacks, then just play ADP value with them the whole way down with the others. Well, currently then versus ADP, Ben Roethlisberger strikes me as a player with upside versus ADP. Kirk Cousins certainly does. Phillip Rivers as well. Given the stretch Mariota went on last year, he went bonkers for that, what, four to six game stretch. I don't, oh yeah, I don't know if he can keep that up or not. We didn't. But think you he know could what? Last well, year, you know, there there are a couple of guys like Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota, and Derek Carr, who and and to some degree, Andrew Luck, to where they don't have to fall quite as far from ADP to be directed to picking them. I think Philip Rivers is another guy, as usual, who you're going to get massive, massive mega value on here. Keenan Allen returns. At year two with Hunter Henry, year two with Tyrell Williams, a better offensive line. Ken Wisenhunt now back for two years as OC. Rivers a steal as usual uh, in MFL 10s, and I cer- certainly expect that to be the case again in redraft this year. Eli Manning was a guy that I circled mainly because one of the things I want to talk about, it looks like we'll just have to wait until podcast number 12 on t- next Tuesday to talk about the state of the quarterback position in the NFC East. Of course, we just mentioned Kirk Cousins. Eli Manning, the other one, was quarterback 20 on the year last year, has been inconsistent at best uh, in the most recent phase of his career, but he's got the he's got the loaded arsenal. And he's got the gunslinger mentality. So he's an interesting guy to think. It's hard not to see how just the production at the end of the day doesn't add up in a best ball scenario for an Eli Manning and you can he can be had way way down here at the bottom late. Yeah, and 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 like I said with these guys at the bottom and you guys will see it on the cheat sheet when it comes out cuz it's it's a real visual tool, but you'll see these guys are going to be available for you to take there and you're, you're if if you get to this point in the draft, you're probably going to have your pick of them. So it's it, it like it says very easily at the top it tells you your number of players to take at each position. 
And, you know, once you get to your spot where you've basically filled up your allotments, you've got it balanced like you want to have it balanced, you can have a little bit of a, fr- a little bit of freedom to break some of the rules and, you know, maybe go a little bit further down on the cheat sheet to reach for a guy like that who you like. But I think as far as where the ADPs are right now, we, it's going to be hard to get Manning up much higher than that unless you wanted to maybe get him above Matt Stafford. I had to add Chris Ivory to the sheet. That's Seems fine. He was going to be one of the first. He was, yeah, he was going to be one of the first ones that was going to be mentioned as a as a guy to pick up through the the last two true rounds. Certainly like him. Defenses. His with a lower ADP than TJ Yeldon. I get it. And PPR, Yeldon is is the pass catcher, but with a lower ADP, significantly lower ADP than Yeldon, we're going to be back. No, and he's a best ball kind of player because he get he can get the multi-touchdown game because he has big games but they just they're so inconsistent i think josh reynolds and paul richardson there's no way we can have them on the sheet well i saw zay jones was on here i think that we, i think we could put zay jones on there but not josh reynolds i'm no. becoming more and more of a trash man no well even, how can you how can even you zay have, jones even i i i have i have perfect rationale for any question you're gonna ask what is it how can you have him over there there over paul richardson a guy who produced down the stretch, and a guy Pete Carroll told us he loves. Oh, I thought this was going to be about Josh. I thought this was going to be about logic about Josh me, Reynolds. You tell me you're ready Zay. for any question I had. Well, not any question. Clearly, I decided. I, to. I'm, I can say for Josh Reynolds, I have Zay. I have in in this cheat no sheet. No Cooper Cup. Either. I have my top. I have my top four in this in in this cheat sheet. My top four rookie wide receivers. Well, that's the other thing I want to talk about because the wheels are coming off this thing with guys like Josh Norris now saying that Corey Davis is a better skill prospect than our sweetest most golden child Leonard Fournette. I've been watching my John Ross tapes lately and I'm starting to feel more and more disgusted in a very filthy and sick way about John Ross just like the trash man. We got a lot of reconciliation to do. A lot of reconciliation to do that brings Hey, to- and I want to know is Mike Williams and Mike Thomas Another question that we'll have to wait until next time. This has been episode 11 of the Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. Make sure to subscribe, rank, and review the podcast on iTunes. Make sure to give us a thumbs up on Stitcher. Make sure to go to rosterwatch.com and get a pro membership to support all the maniacal work we do for you, Roster Watch Nation. Until next time, for Byron Lambert, my name is Alex Dunlap. We will see you next time.